Here in Indiana, as I'm recording this for you, spring has sprung. The high is going to be 72 today. Trees are blooming. The world is looking fresh and exciting and new, right? Those cold winter days are behind us, I, I hope anyway. Now, I, for one, am feeling thankful for the season, right? It feels like we're being, that we've been down and tired, locked inside, and now the sun is trying to come out, drawing us out to join it. Nothing says life like spring, which is also why those of us who are Christian have to first talk about death. Hi, I'm Drew Downs, and this is Make Saints. It may be spring, and flowers may be starting to bloom, and we may be super eager to talk about it being Easter time, but something happens before Easter, and we all know what that is. I did not grow up in a tradition that spent any time talking about the blood of the Lamb. I mean, we never shied away from talking about the crucifixion of Jesus on that day we call Good Friday, which is about the most poetically pre-modern and post-modern name for the day, by the way. But man, do modernists hate it. We definitely talked about it plenty, just not obsessively. We also didn't paint Jesus' death as somehow good either. We didn't celebrate the dying in any way. Part of this is because I come from a waspy tradition in which that junk is unseemly, and partly because the theology behind this junk is complicated. So we talked about it as a way to avoid it. Now, we don't want people to think that dying is good, but we also want to affirm that Jesus' death was also somehow necessary just without all the other baggage around it. Now, for many of us, keeping it simple was enough, but that doesn't satisfy everybody, especially when we aren't clear on what we are actually affirming. Now, the word church nerds use to talk about the necessity of Jesus' death is atonement. I'll save all of that for another day. But... The purpose of atonement is to name the purpose of Jesus' death and resurrection, to answer the essential questions of why did Jesus die and what is the metaphysical significance of his death. Atonement is how we get to such arguments that Jesus had to die to satisfy a debt or that Jesus' death saved us from sin. Again, I really don't want to follow that rabbit trail, as inviting as it is, But please hear me when I say that these arguments have been debated among Christians from the beginning, and we have never fully agreed on it. And it is precisely that reason that the church seeks to publicly 
and unequivocally affirm that something happens and that his death was also somehow necessary, but without going any further. We want to affirm the part we all agree on, period. We just don't agree on the cause, right? Because getting into the cause makes it all too complicated. And again, we don't agree. In fact, it may be the thing we agree on the least of anything. And there's a lot of stuff we don't agree on. Here's a personal example as a sort of reverse illustration. Now, one of my kids did something they knew was wrong, spent some money that wasn't theirs to spend. They also didn't really understand how money works and especially had no sense of proportion. As parents, we could choose to focus only on the fact that they did something wrong. We could punish them, make them feel bad, demand it never be done again. In other words, make this one thing the essential terms for everything. But when then do they learn? I mean, not just about right and wrong, but why this was a violation and all the other stuff that goes with it. Right? We could tie their thinking to a specific trigger without helping them understand the context or how else that trigger might occur. The problem for Christians who talk glowingly about the crucifixion and for those that don't is that neither choice gives us a chance to talk about death authentically as the thing we fear and the source of intense pain. We so often talk about the death of Jesus like it is something too painful to talk about or else some distorted mirror reality in which his death is good, but every other death is bad for reasons. Right? What is missing from both of these is a deep sense of, of the context and what really happens to our belief. In other words, how are we supposed to learn from this? While my tradition is always eager to affirm that the death of Jesus is both necessary and tragic, not everybody is satisfied with that answer. Some want to drill down and get more specific. Others want to throw away the traditional affirmation altogether. I'm not satisfied with any of it. It all strikes me as, again, another rhetorical exercise in seeking uniformity where there is none to be found. Because, guess what? Death sucks. It always has. Dying sucks. Die quickly in an accident? It sucks. Die after a long, drawn-out life with cancer? It sucks. Death is the worst. Actually, that's not true. Not dying can be way worse. Something that sucks worse than death is dementia. The living get to say goodbye to the spirit long before the body. It's like having a loved one die twice. That really sucks. Authors have long explored the problem of immortality of watching everything else die. It's a very different kind of pain. To know everything else changes, but you don't get to? Veterans come home and share the pain of surviving 
While we're all celebrating that they came home alive, many vets feel guilty and shame for not dying. And most of us, including many other veterans, can't even begin to help them. Because we imagine that the opposite of dying is not actually living, but this rhetorical concept of life that is unchanging. Immortality, or if you like, eternal life, is most often seen as getting to be about 25 years old forever, and not just locked in at an age, but locked in with those memories and experiences of being 25. We don't actually account for learning, adapting, and changing. We want to be the same. And moreover, many of us see it as behind us, so we wish to relive it or regain it so that we can re-experience it now. In other words, there is something we fear more than death. Living. To live, we must die. Philosophers and theologians have laid this out for us all too well, that living is impossible without death. We can't experience joy if it is perpetual and always increasing. Science has also made this clear. Adaptation and growth is necessary to the thriving of a species, and that we are always either growing or declining. In the end, we will all die. But rather than see death as a necessarily negative concept, we're called by our faith and our experience to see it in a different way, to see it as transitory. Death leads to new life. The story of the death and resurrection of Jesus is not the origin story of our creation. It is the embodiment of creation. Life is created, lives, dies, and begets new life. That is the natural order. It is also the fundamental character of Christian theology. That so many Christians misunderstand that doesn't make that fact any less true. It just means we suck at teaching. So while we shouldn't cheer for death, we must be willing to see beyond it, to the life that it creates, to the new hope that it brings, opportunities we all have to reinvent and restore and become, because death is never the end of life. It is its beginning. <laughs> recording this during Holy Week, and I'm also recording short videos all week long for my YouTube page, 
We're going through the Gospel of Luke, and I'm giving these short, mostly candid reflections that deal a little bit with what's happening in the story, but mostly what it means to take it seriously now. You can find links to those each day on the Make Saints Facebook page. There's also a link on the front page of my website, drewdance.net. If any of this resonates with you, I hope you share it with your friends and family, because this work of building a spirituality of mercy that makes sense in a culture that loves cheap grace and loathes true mercy is tough. So I'm hoping you'll join me, and together it will get that much easier. Meanwhile, don't forget to visit drewdance.net for new articles, sign up for the newsletter, And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, and don't forget the five-star review. Be well, and we'll be back next week.